welcome to the Audit 15 Fund podcast. My goal with this podcast is to bring relevant internal audit topics to the table at least every 15 days. Today, I have the second episode of the year in the second episode of the Audit Fail series. And I have as my guest, Abbas Al-Lawati. He is the head of internal audit at OQ8 in Oman. He's a subcommittee member of the IIA and ACFE chapters in Oman and has been a speaker at international and local internal audit and fraud prevention events. Welcome to the podcast, Abaz. It's an honor to have you on. Hey, John. Thanks for inviting me here. It's a type of topics or points that auditors usually fear to discuss about. And I believe that your new series of audit failure provide the right atmosphere for such discussions. Hence today, I'd like to highlight on a very precise and straightforward topic, which is in relation to IPPF standard number 2340, which talks about engagement supervisions. And these standards states that engagements must be properly supervised to ensure objectives are achieved, quality is assured, and staff is developed. A lot of auditors who read this standard find it quite logical, makes sense, and straight to the point. On don't really, some of them don't spend time reflecting to it during their fieldwork. Well, how is that? Based on my 15 years of experience where 12 years were in relation to internal audit, and having worked in local and international organizations, different industries and sectors, I've seen a couple of incidents where the team leaders during field work fall in the trap of what's so-called the blind trust when they supervise their team members. Now the audience may ask, what does Abbas mean here by the term blind trust? And how is it relevant to our discussion today? Well, according to Kathleen Kerwin, who is currently or used to be the data scientist at the U.S. Department of Defense, she says that blind trust is a condition of human nature and exists regardless of whether it is earned through trustworthiness. It can be a factor during investigations when even most professional investigators refuses to accept evidence of fact in situation of wrongdoing because of previously established trust relationship with person of interest. Okay, so back to our fieldwork incident. In one of the organizations I've worked for, we were assigned for an audit assignment and our team consisted of a team leader and a couple of team members. And all team members were with good and quite good experience and background. The team leader, however, had a challenge in managing his time due to the workload, meetings, engaging with committee meetings, engaging with management, lots of stuff and deliverables beside the audit assignment itself. So we had our team kickoff meeting, quickly discussed the scope, fieldwork outcomes, audit programs. Everyone sounded professional and well understanding the scope. And then the team leader advised us to start the fieldwork. After a week or two, the team members noticed that the team leader did not call out for a team meeting to check the work progress and the work papers. 
So all the team members called out for a meeting with the team leader. But the team leader suggested that he will be passing by each team member individually to check the work and the progress due to the shortage issue, uh, shortage time issue. Well, the team leader actually passed by some of the members, not all of them, and checked a couple of work papers, not all of them, and advised the team that you guys are doing well, keep on going. He resumed the review and testing until the last man day budgeted for the field work. I still recall it was Thursday. And by the way, we work from Sundays to Thursday, so it was the last day of the week as well. And the team leader was in the process of preparing the draft report. He has called all the work papers to start drafting. Well, the shocking part is that team leader was not happy with some of the work papers. And he started meeting with the team and said, these work papers, some of them do not really need presentation. We cannot start our reporting phase. So the team members said, well, we were the ones who have calls for the meeting and you were the one who was busy. You cannot hold us responsible for that. And our argument kept on going. In the end, the team decided that they'll rework some of the work papers and we had to work until 11 p.m. and we had to work on the weekend. Finally, we were able to rectify the issue to a reasonable and acceptable level. So yeah, that's about the audit failure story that I want to share. Yeah, I think it's more common than you think because sometimes <laughs> that happens. But I wanna, I wanna get your your takeaway here from the story. So obviously, you went through that. You know, had to. Uh, the team had to redo the work, which is probably one of the most frustrating things that you can experience in internal audit is having exactly. to redo the work. Yeah. Uh, but I want to take over your... the weekend. Yes, absolutely. So, but I want to, I want to have your, your takeaway here. What's, you know, like reflecting back on that experience, what would be the, your takeaway here for the internal audit community to learn from? Well, the moral here during this incident is to provide uh, insight to the internal auditors to perform their work at an effective level and not to assume that your partner is doing absolutely perfect because of his experience. Because you can, not all audits are the same and they don't always go as planned. And also, refer back to IPPF standards every now and then whenever it's possible. Yes, yes. Very good takeaways and uh, definitely close supervision or sufficient supervision during engagements is part of the standards and it's part of best practices. And it assists the auditors in making sure that their, their job is well done, their work is well done. It's repeatable, right? That's, that's the, the key for most of the engagements that we, we work in is to make sure that it's repeatable and that some other auditor doing the same work will arrive to a similar conclusion. So really appreciate you being on the podcast, Abbas. For those who are wanting to connect with you and just, you know, learn more about what you do in OMA and with the IIA and ACFE chapters, what's the best way for them to contact you? Well, they can get in touch with me through LinkedIn and uh, by, by typing the name Abbas Al-Nawati and they'll see the head of audit of OQA or typing my email, EYPAS 
at hotmail.com. They can contact me through WhatsApp as well, which is 0098-9520-4400. Awesome. Thank you so much, Abbas. Come. Pleasure meeting you.